welcome. We are on Facebook. Oh, phenomenal. Woohoo. Lots of people appreciating Sonia. Oh, you are going to appreciate Sonia even more by the end of this, uh, of this platform, as you notice that I uh, um, am not as smooth as she is, but that's okay. We don't need to be smooth. We just need to be together. Welcome, Mike French is here, an ethical culture leader. Welcome to the Philadelphia Ethical Society, to folks tuning in from Susquehanna Valley Ethical Society, from Riverdale Yonkers Ethical Society, from Baltimore Ethical Society. Um, welcome to so many West folks from the Philadelphia Ethical Society, from the Northern Virginia Ethical Society. This is so exciting. So as folks may know, this is, oh, from St. Louis, from Asheville, Ethical Humanist Society of Asheville. What a joy to be together. As folks may know, this is our um, first of what are being called Ethical Summer Sundays. And um, we are really excited to, oh, that's not what I wanted to share with you. Here we go. We are really excited to be starting that off here at the Washington Ethical Society. In July, um, the host for the Ethical Summer Sunday at the end of July, July 26th, will be the St. Louis Ethical Society with leader James Croft speaking. And in August, I think it's August 23rd, if that's a Sunday, uh, the New York Society will be hosting with uh, leader Richard Coral speaking. So it's just, um, I love that the ethical culture movement is doing that this, um, this summer and creating an opportunity for sort of the, the big three, as they're sometimes called, the three largest societies to host. Um, and we're so delighted to have folks from other societies joining us and just getting to be in community with us together. It is really um, a, a joy, absolutely, to be together. It looks as though I like to check and see sort of um, how the popcorn is popping. That's what I say on Sunday mornings. You know, when you put microwave popcorn in the microwave, you wait and see when the kernels stop popping so quickly. That means that um, it's ready to come out of the microwave. And so I look to see when we have fewer panelists um, joining. Uh, and at that point, I know that we're kind of ready to start. So we still have panelists popping, popping on um, and participants popping on. So I'm going to give us another couple minutes. Alex says he wants Old Bay to go with that popcorn. Don't we all? That's an excellent Maryland uh, suggestion. Good morning to the Tylers. Good morning to folks in Chapel Hill in North Carolina, Perry and Alita, more folks from Northern Virginia and Riverdale Yonkers. Peter says it's wonderful to have so many um, ethical culturists with us. Catherine says, welcome to all ethicals. It really is fantastic to be together here. Um, good morning and happy Father's Day to the dads out there, says Abby. Absolutely right. Thanks so much, Abby. Riverdale's in the house. Just a real joy to be with each other. All right, we are up to 127 participants here and it looks like we may hold steady for a minute or two. So I am going to begin this morning with some opening words. I actually have two opening words I'd like to share this morning. The first is a favorite quote of mine from George Beecham, who served as the first leader at the Washington Ethical Society. Folks from West have heard me quote this before, and so I hope you will bear with me. The most necessary of all faiths is a faith in people. Faith that each individual can select their own aims better than any other person can select for them. Not faith that people will be wise, for people are often foolish, but faith that people at their best are capable of wisdom and that they can be taught to be wiser than they are. Not faith that people will be good, for people are sometimes wicked, but faith that people can be inspired to greater goodness and compassion 
Not faith that people will always be strong and brave, for the best of people are often weak. But faith that people are capable of strength. And through faith in the potentialities of people comes multiplied strength and genuine firmness. Not faith that people are wise or good or brave or strong, but that they are capable of becoming wise enough and good enough, brave enough and strong enough to make a habitable and enjoyable world together. You know, I said I was going to share two quotes this morning. The second is from Felix Adler from his founding address in 1876. And I'll refer back to it in my platform. It is one of the few quotes I think I could do pretty well by memory. Believe or disbelieve as ye list. We shall at all times respect every honest conviction, but be one with us where there is nothing to divide in action. Diversity in the creed, unanimity in the deed. This is that practical religion from which none dissents. This is that platform broad enough and solid enough to receive the worshiper and the infidel. This is that common ground where we may all grasp hands as siblings, united in humankind's common cause. I invite you now into our opening music brought to us this morning from Leah Morris.
Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I am Elise Gould. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm so glad you're here with us this morning. Even as we gather in new ways, it is good to be together. Visitors and guests, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot, that's M-A-C-E-O-T, at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Maceo will put that link in the chat right now. And we hope you will join us after the platform service in our Zoom coffee hour for a chance to say hello. We want to especially welcome those joining us from Riverdale Yonkers Ethical Society. As Amanda mentioned, this platform is the first ethical summer Sunday in a three-part series across ethical societies. Our Zoom chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address, and then reopening. If you do not want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it on your device by clicking on the red dot in the upper left of the chat box, clicking on the chat icon at the bottom or top of your screen, or even just sticking a post-it note on your screen where the chat is. Low tech works best sometimes. I think this is now my time to share um, our children's photos. First, I want to note that since we wrote the script welcoming different ethical societies, we've had a number of other ethical societies let us know that they are coming to join us this morning. So we are excited to have as well Baltimore and Asheville and um, gosh, I'm, I, I lost track of how many folks we have. We are so happy to have you with us on this first of three ethical summer Sundays uh, throughout the summer. You know, our children um, all around the country have had a very unusual end of their year. And we wanted today to honor the work that they've done as they have finished out their um, their school year with uh, distance learning in very atypical ways, having to learn new technology, just the way uh, we adults have had to do. And so we invited some of our parents to send in last day of school photos. And I wanted to share just a few of those with you. This is not by any means all of the children at the Washington Ethical Society, but I think you will enjoy as I did seeing a few of their faces. So I'm glad to share with you the last day of school photos. And in some cases, you get a first day comparison as well. We're so glad to honor our children, Walter, Calder, and Zinnia. There they are set up for remote learning. Frances finished out her last day of school as well. Joy and Haya masks at the ready so that they can be safe. Eleanor, Kalea, Adriana, or AJ and Melody. There are my kids. <laughs> Done with school for the year. Arabella and Talia, congratulations. Jolie, who has finished uh, and is being promoted to middle school for next year. And Asher and Declan out enjoying nature as school ends. We celebrate all of our children and their accomplishments this year and know that this has been, just as it has been for the adults, a challenging end of year. We're thinking of all of you and congratulating you on finishing up the school year. Each week we spotlight a West group or team that relates to our monthly theme. In keeping with our June theme of compassion, I invite Julie Drizzen to read our statement of purpose. Julie is one of Wes's members who have been trained and certified by the American Ethical Union as legally authorized to perform weddings. Ethical culture officials also conduct naming ceremonies and memorial services. If you'd like to learn more about what's involved in becoming an AEU officiant, Julie would be happy to talk with you. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. 
we joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candlelighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we ring a chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of Black Lives Matter protesters who continue to work for change across the country, and especially those who have lost their lives in the struggle. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you now into a time of meditation. Get comfortable in your chair and take a deep breath. Today, we're talking about lessons learned. On this Father's Day, I'd like to recite a meditation on dads by Amy Petrie Shaw. As you listen, and in the silence and music that follows, consider those in your life who have guided you and taught you important lessons. These are the words of Amy Petrie Shaw, titled, These Are Our Dads. We recognize and honor today every dad who stood as their child shouted at them in anger or frustration, Every dad who tried to understand their child's clothing choices, new hairdo or new tattoo. Every dad who suddenly realized their child might be right and was willing to listen. And every dad who honestly believed they were making the best choices that they could. We honor every dad who screwed it up, got it wrong, tried again, got it right, and often went from being the dumbest soul alive to the pinnacle of brilliance and back again in one day, according to his children. These are our dads. We honor and recognize today all those who taught us what they knew and forgave us when we got it wrong. Those who wanted to teach us but left too soon or simply did not know how to teach at all. Those who walked us to the bathroom in the dark and those who turned on the lights and waited for us to come back on our own. Those who let us break their binoculars and steal their shirts and those who taught us why it was wrong to break and steal. Those are our dads. We recognize and honor today all the men who taught us what it meant to be honest, even when it was embarrassing to tell the truth and admit to our faults, to be human. We recognize too those fathers who could not teach us these things because they did not know themselves, but who hoped and prayed that we would do better than they ever did. These are our dads. Today we recognize and honor all the men who have been there or tried to be there, no matter what. Those who have remained calm in a crisis and those who could not remain calm, but did not run away. Those who did not run away, but came back again, and those who never came back, but always wished it could have been different. They are our dads, rich and poor, tall or short, slender as a pole or round as a basketball. They are the men who helped to raise us, those who formed us through their actions and their lack of actions. They are our dads, birth father, fathers and adoptive fathers, 
stepfathers and foster dads, fathers who have no children themselves, but who step in to help to raise the child of a neighbor or a friend, grandfathers and uncles, single moms who've had to learn to go beyond motherhood, trans dads who have given birth, trans dads who didn't, queer dads and gay dads and female partners willing to take on the role. They are our dads. Through love and hatred, joy and tears, addiction, mental health issues, perfect health, sickness, aging, wealth and poverty, absence and presence, they are our dads. They are because of us. We are because of them. They are our dads. So this is a song I'm learning from Pete Seeger, but uh, Tom Paxton wrote it. What did you learn in school today, dear little child of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little child of mine? I learned that Washington never told a lie. I learned that soldiers seldom die. I learned that everybody's free. And that's what the teacher said to me. That's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. What did you learn in school today, dear little child of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little child of mine? Policemen are my friends. I learned that justice never ends. I learned that murderers die for their crimes, even if we make mistakes sometimes. That's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. What did you learn in school today, dear little child of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little child of mine? country must be strong. I learned we're always right and never wrong. Our leaders are the finest men and we elect them again and again. That's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. Thank you to Leah for her music, music that both inspires us and makes us think and consider and wonder. And Elise, thank you so much for um, that beautiful reading. I have been really grateful for um, both on Mother's Day and on Father's Day, the readings out there that acknowledge the complexity of the role and of the day and the kinds of fathers who have supported us and those who have failed us. And um, indeed, these are our dads. Thank you, Elise, for finding those words. Well, it is, as always, a pleasure to speak for you, Wes, and today to be able to address so many folks from other uh, ethical societies as well. Some of you, perhaps many or all of you, uh, know that this is my second to last platform as the senior leader at the Washington Ethical Society. And so it is a bittersweet one for me. And it is also one that brings me into waves of nostalgia. I have been having waves of nostalgia for weeks now, but I think this platform in particular brings me there. The very first platform that I gave at WES and the inspiration for, um, for this title of this platform um, is, was titled, All, uh, Everything I Know About Ethical Culture I Learned from Wikipedia. And that was, at the time, literally true, that all I learned was from Wikipedia. I am grateful that there was a pretty good Wikipedia entry at the time. It was written, actually, by Bob Wentworth, who was a member of the Washington Ethical Society. He has since moved across the country. And he was a member of the search committee that brought me to Wes. So I was uh, 
grateful for Wikipedia, and I wanted to be honest in that moment. The very first time I met folks from the Ethical Society, that I was coming to them a newbie, a newbie to ethical culture. All through my seminary training as a Unitarian Universalist minister, I hadn't heard of Felix Adler or of the ethical culture movement. And so there I was learning right alongside with the newcomer on my first Sunday. Here now, 12 years later, I titled this platform, Everything I Know About Life I Learned From Ethical Culture. And I'm excited to share with you a little bit about what that means. I will admit that in the beginning, my study of ethical culture was in many ways a requirement. It was in fact, literally a requirement to serve the Washington Ethical Society that I continue my training, which had been completed to become a Unitarian Universalist minister and, um, and continue and be certified as an ethical culture leader. So I knew I would have study ahead of me Imagine my relief when I cracked open my first book by Felix Adler and found that I actually liked what I was required to study. That as I read these words, Victorian and flowery language aside, that I saw there a reflection of my most deeply held values. That I saw a connection a recognition of what I believed. Phew. I had, of course, by then already accepted the position as senior leader of the Washington Ethical Society, so it really would have been a bummer had I realized that I didn't like ethical culture at all. But indeed, the opposite was true. And now, a dozen years later, what excites me most is seeing some of the new leaders and leaders in training who are taking Felix Adler's words and continuing to explore what they mean for us today. I think about Jay Hooper's beautiful movie, Humanitas, which imagines what would have happened for ethical culture for all of us had Felix Adler met W.E.B. Du Bois. West folks, you'll have an opportunity to engage with that movie and with Jay, the creator of the movie on July 5th, when we share it as part of uh, your platform service. I'm excited by the work of Christian Hayden, ethical culture leader in training, who applies Adler's work to friendships and relationships even more deeply. By Greg Bonin, who looks at how Adler's work informs how we understand groups and connections to each other across the movement. Today is World Humanist Day, and so it feels like an appropriate time for me to be able to share a little bit about what ethical culture has meant to me. You know, it's interesting because as um, I prepare to leave the Washington Ethical Society and Wes welcomes Lynn Cox to join as an interim leader for two years and then to prepare itself to bring in a new leader. I have heard some people say a version of, well, we need to return to our ethical culture roots. I think, a reference to the fact that I did indeed come to, to uh, the Washington Ethical Society as a Unitarian Universalist minister, a newbie to ethical culture. Well, what I want to say to that is I am an ethical culture leader now. I have been for the last, let's see, 11 and change years. And as Ella Fitzgerald sang, you can't take that away from me. You can't take that away from me. Wherever West goes in its next search for a leader to serve the congregation, I hope that you understand how deeply ethical culture is a part of who I am now, who I will always be. And so I wanted to share my top five things about ethical culture, the five things that have influenced me most deeply and that I will be carrying with me 
You can't take that away from me. Here they are. Now, you may be thinking, just top five? Doesn't that seem sort of small for 10 years of work? Well, it does, and surprise, that fact alone is number one. Many of you know I was raised as a Unitarian Universalist and of course remain a Unitarian Universalist minister. And I, I love about Unitarian Universalism that it's a big tent that it welcomes in many different traditions, backgrounds, and belief. I think of it often as a pluralistic religious tradition, welcoming and celebrating many different spiritual and ethical paths. Now, folks find their focus in Unitarian Universalism often by following a particular one of those spiritual and ethical paths. And before I came to ethical culture, I probably would have told you that for me, the path that felt like the focus was justice work or gathering together, but I wouldn't have been able to articulate so clearly what exactly that focus was. I wouldn't have had the same kind of language that I do today. So my number one reason for loving ethical culture that you can't take away from me is its focus, its clarity. Some of that comes from its history, having been founded as a new thing in 1876 by Felix Adler. We can sometimes overuse Felix Adler. When I started at West, my mother made fun of me for bringing Felix Adler's words into every single platform that I offered. But the truth is that's because many of his words were pretty good, not all of them, but many of them. I shared during our opening words, one of my very favorite quotes of Felix Adler from that founding address when he was 24 years old imagining a new movement. Believe or disbelieve as ye list. This is that platform broad enough for worshiper and infidel. Diversity in creed, unanimity in deed. Number one, ethical culture has at its core a focus on our action in the world. And it brings that focus with clarity, with specificity, with clear and particular language. Ethical culture helps me to say what has been in my heart all along. Number two. Part of that clarity of ethical culture is its insistence on the centrality of relationship. I've heard it said in different ways by some of my wise colleagues. Lois Kellerman, I am told, first said that the smallest number in ethics is two. That we can't have ethics, we can't be ethical without another person to be ethical with. We exist only in relationship with others. The phrase so often used in ethical culture is, we act so as to elicit the best in others and therefore in ourselves. Felix Adler called that the supreme ethical rule. Something I don't love about ethical culture, phrases like the supreme ethical rule, but we'll forgive the Victorian language and keep the sentiment. Act so as to elicit the best in others and therefore in ourselves. I cannot be my full self unless you are your full self. We exist only in relationship with each other. We matter in that relationship. Everything begins with the centrality of relationship and ethical culture. That is number two. Number three is perhaps the piece of ethical culture that overlaps most perfectly with Unitarian Universalism. Indeed, we use the same words in both movements. The inherent worth of every person. 
the clear and insistent articulation that every person matters just by being a person. They are worthy. Again, I turn to some of Felix Adler's words. This is actually, to me, Adler at his most humorous, whether or not he meant to be. We'll leave that aside. He wasn't exactly known for his biting wit. But Adler talks about worth in a way that I find deeply relatable. He points out that worth is often not obvious to us. We don't walk around noticing that everybody around us is worthy. In fact, sometimes they seem distinctly unworthy based on their actions or as Adler describes, even their personality traits. He has a whole little bit about how sometimes people are simply kind of unpleasant to be with and yet still, they are worthy. For Adler, worth doesn't just exist in the person, and it isn't that we always see it there. The attribution of worth begins with us, with our own hearts, our decision to say, yes, every person is worthy. I will treat them as such. I will act so as to bring that out. I will ascribe it to them, whether I see it there or not. To me, this is ethical culture and indeed also Unitarian Universalism's great leap of faith. Every person is worthy. Like any leap of faith, I'm not sure that I believe it every day, but I seek to live as though it is true. Number three, every person is worthy. And that starts with me ascribing it, attributing it, honoring it, and affirming it in everyone I meet. Number four reason I love ethical culture is a little bit of a cheat because it's three in one. Felix Adler had an understanding of spiritual pains, the three spiritual pains that he believed every person experienced. One is the pain of our own insignificance in the universe. I'm so small and the world is so big. Number two, I guess this is sub two at this point, if you're tracking, is the experience of seeing another person suffering and being unable to alleviate it. Our hearts break when we see others suffer. Number three, spiritual pain, is the inconsistency of our ethical lives. The way that all of us seek to act in one way, perhaps are able to live out those values in our most intimate relationships, but almost always fail in other ways. In our own relationships, in the groups in which we exist in the larger society. Those three spiritual pains may connect for you, they often do for me, but what I love about them is not those particular ones, but that for Adler, those three pains, those experiences of insignificance, of sadness over suffering, of our own inability to live up to our ideals, those pains don't just exist out there, they push us toward each other. They push us, in fact, toward religious community, toward congregating, toward gathering. For Adler, the significance of those three spiritual pains is that they are what push humanity to create exactly what it is we have here. Adler said, where people, well, I'm sure he meant people, so that's what we'll say, where people meet to seek the highest is holy ground. And Adler believed that people sought it everywhere, that every person felt these pains, felt that draw toward community. Believe or disbelieve as ye list. This is that platform broad enough for worshiper and infidel. 
Adler experienced all of us as needing what it is that we have at the Washington Ethical Society that you have in your own ethical societies that people have created for millennia and millennia. Gatherings, communities, congregations. That's number four. Subset one, two, three. Number five, of course, has to be the ethical manifold. Now, like many of you, when I arrived new to ethical culture, I thought, why are they talking about car parts? The ethical manifold is another one of those Victorian phrases, but the concept behind it has captured my imagination as it has so many ethical culturists before me. It takes that idea up in number two, that we exist only in relationship with each other, and it expands it to make sure we know that that relationship covers the whole human family. That I am connected to you as with a golden thread, that you are connected to the person near you and the person across the city and the person around the world that all of us are connected in this manifold web. None of us living alone, though it may feel like that at times. All of us connected to each other. Number five, the radical connection of the human family, the ethical manifold. For me, ethical culture's justice work comes from this, and that is another thing I love. Number six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, perhaps. Ethical culture's insistence on action. The historians, thank you, Joan Johnson Lewis, tell us that when Felix Adler was part of the Free Religious Association, a, a group of people who were thinking about religion in radically new ways, Unitarian ministers and Universalist ministers and professors and rabbis, that Adler loved those conversations and then thought they just kept talking too much. Ultimately, he left the Free Religious Association because he wanted more action, little less talk, little more action. You know, I'd get country music in there somewhere. For me, ethical culture, all five of the things I love about it point always toward the key of action, of what it is we do in the world. Diversity in creed, unanimity in deed. Indeed, most of all. And you can't take that away from me. Those five things that I love so dearly about ethical culture. The way that ethical culture has indeed changed my life, sing it, Ella. The way that I am now able to articulate what I just almost knew a dozen years ago. Thanks to what I've read, yes, but also thanks to how I've seen you live it. Thanks to my colleagues who have taught it to me. Thanks to every march and action I have been a part of. You can't take it away from me. And here is the secret, you do not have to. This is perhaps the radical and controversial part of my platform today. As you may know, I am leaving West to go and serve as the senior minister at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Arlington, Virginia. And many folks have said, ah, you'll be so glad to be getting back to your roots, to be going home to Unitarian Universalism. And sure, there are things I'm excited to do, to gather the waters together in water ceremony. I did grow up with my mother collecting water every summer in a tiny film canister, which both dates me and places me in a Unitarian Universalist childhood. But I am not giving back my ethical culture credentials, just as many clergy before me have not.
there has been clergy crossover between ethical culture and Unitarian Universalism, indeed, since the very beginning. One of my mentors, Ed Erickson, is a Unitarian Universalist minister who found his way to ethical culture and became an ethical culture leader. You perhaps will see one of the reasons I feel so connected to him. Ethical culture and Unitarian Universalism are bound together now in my heart. You can't take it away from me. And why really would you want to? To me, they inform each other within how I understand myself, who I am, and what it means to be a clergy leader. You can't take that away from me. And yet, there is a sense of passing along. You can't take that away from me, but I am happy to share the bounty, to share the light. In the 50th anniversary of the ethical movement, an address given by Felix Adler in 1926, he reflected on what the movement had meant. Adler at this time was um, only about, uh, let's see, seven years away from his own death, looking back on a movement he had led for 50 years. He talks about what the movement has meant for him and for the world and what it will continue to mean. The movement, he said, must give birth to personalities who have attained for themselves an abiding ethical faith and are aflame with it. That the extension of the movement depends on the rise of a succession of such personalities to hand on the torch from one to the other. To hand on the torch from one to the other. You can't take ethical culture away from me. I'm not giving it up. I get to keep it. But I don't mind lighting a torch and handing it on just as it has been passed to me. A flame for every one of you who lit my own candle, a flame for all of those who have yet to find ethical culture, who like me will open an old Victorian text one day or watch Humanitas or listen to a platform 10 years in the future and will say, oh, this, I think this is what I have been trying to say all along. You can't take that away from me, but I will always be happy to share it with you. I invite you now into music from Leah Morris. She shares again with us her wisdom and beauty. I will forgive that I'm still learning the song, but it's one that my mom used to sing when I was a kid. must end. But as I leave, I know that I am leaving some difference. Some friends have taught me right from wrong, weak from strong. That's a lot to I give you in return If you wanted the moon I would try to make a start But I 
Would rather you let me give my heart to waste with love Those awesome by why did they fly so fast why is it when that people grow and go away at last what takes the place of climbing trees dirty knees in the world outside what is there for you I can supply If you wanted the world I would tear down all the walls And scroll these words and letters Ten feet tall To waste with love Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Leah. Beautiful. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning. We're sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates with our own lives. I invite you to consider someone who has taught you about ethical culture. If you wish, please share in the chat the name or names of people and what you learned about ethical culture from them. And I'll do my best to share some of the highlights I see. Many happy birthday wishes to Leah from so many. So nice of her to share with us her birthday. Hugh Taft Morales writes, Richard Kinnery and Fritz Williams, ethical culture leaders who are dearly missed. Joan Johnson Lewis, uh, Rajesh writes, my mother Layla who believed fervently in fairness and justice. Um, Hugh called out others, somebody called out Hugh for the concept of deed above creed. So nice, coming back around. Peggy Gates telling me that the most important lesson we taught the kids in Sunday school is how we treated them and expected to be treated. Thank you. Another thank you to Hugh Taffmorales for teaching him that there is acceptance in the storm. It's so beautiful. Mary Herman, call out to Mary Herman. Ethical culture is a religion of relationships, about being in right relationship with others. That West belongs to all who enter and those who haven't, not yet. Beautiful. And thanks to Amanda for sharing the significance of ethical culture. Uh, Don Montagna, Nancy Montagna, Barbara Walter, Mary Herman, Todd and Lynn Wayman. Um, another call out to Amanda uh, from a member who's been with West for over 30 years, who's learned so much from ethical culture from you, Amanda, who truly, truly walked the walk. So nice, we can continue this conversation in the coffee hour, continuing to share stories of those that we've learned from. 
Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we give half of all donated cash to a program whose values resonate with our own ethical culture principles. This month, we are sharing the plate with Homeless Children's Playtime Project. Francis, one of the West kids, will explain more about the project and why we at West are giving. For the month of June, West will be sharing half of all the share the plate funds with the Homeless Children's Playtime Project. Every three weeks, the Playtime Project delivers play kits to the homeless kids. I'm happy that they have fun up their sleeves for the kids. We hope that you can support this awesome program. Bye! Thank you, Francis. If you're a visitor this morning, we invite you to be our guest today. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. You'll see that we have a give by text option and you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website. We will now receive your gifts and the musicians gifts of music. There's so much, so much to so appreciate, much. even when the world seems out of hand. Even when we do not understand, still there's so much. There's so much, so much to we pray for. I believe we're doing a new member ceremony now. We are indeed. Thank you so much, Elise. It is, um, it is a particular joy to be able to welcome new members at any time. And um, especially so as I go through my waves of nostalgia and know that West continues to be strong and vibrant as new people get to discover what I discovered so many years ago. Today, we are honoring in particular Ricky and Ben Rogers, who joined actually, I think a month or two ago, but weren't able to be honored in our ceremony and we wanted to be able to do so. We are so grateful that you have found your way here, that you have decided to make a commitment to our community. We are joined this morning to help welcome our new members by board president, Lauren Strange. We have put into the mail your certificate of membership, which includes a quote from Felix Adler. Spiritual evolution is the progressive advance of humankind toward a state of things in which the light of ethical perfection shall be reflected from the face of human society. That is, in which all people shall live and move and have their being in mutually promoting the highest life of each and all. We are also so glad that Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator, is with us to help us welcome our new members.
Maceo, do, do, do you have the um, script in front of you? I don't have the script. That's good. Just say something welcoming, Maceo. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> wow, Ricky and Ben, we, um, this is special. Uh, Amanda, it's her last welcoming of new members. Um, you two, as a couple, as a, as a family, step right in to Wes. Um, when I started, I, I didn't know who were new members and who were longtime members. And, and you guys have been so helpful to me um, from going down and trying to find a drum and just being helpful with, with Amanda and getting that podcast. So um, I'd like to welcome you um, and look forward to uh, seeing you when we all get back together. Thank you. I'm sorry, I've been keeping muted because we have a loud background here with our daughter, but um, we're, we're so happy to be here and to be part of the community. And uh, I'm gonna mute again to let everyone not know what this I love it. Welcome to the whole Rogers family. Attached to the certificate, you'll receive an ethical culture symbol pin, which we hope that you wear with pride. And when we are together again in person, when Wes gathers together, um, you will find that you have a new member permanent name tag as well. The true badge of honor within the Wes community is the printed name tag, as we all know. Lauren. In a community like ours, entrance into the congregation comes not just with a stamp from the leadership, but with an embrace from the whole membership. Therefore, we will share Wes's words of welcome to our new members. Folks at home, please join along. Lauren, will you read Maceo's parts? Sure. Thank you. We bid you welcome, who come with weary spirit seeking rest, who come with troubles that are too much with you, who come hurt and afraid. We bid you welcome, who come with hope in your heart, who come with anticipation in your step, who come proud and joyous. And actually, I'm going to switch and just have us switch off, so Maceo. Can you do that on the screen? You see the screen, yes. Um, yes, I didn't, I can't see we, we bid you welcome who are seekers of a new way, who come to probe and explore, who come to learn. Okay. We bid you welcome who enter this hall as a homecoming, who have found here room for your spirit, who find in this people a family. Whoever you are, whatever you are, wherever you are on your journey, we bid you. We bid you welcome. 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 welcome, Ben and Ricky. Welcome to our other new members who have joined in the last couple of months and who we will be honoring in future platforms. And I told you all that you would be so aware of how wonderful Sonia is at tech. And that was our moment. So we'll just have a moment to hold Sonia in our heart and hope that she comes back from camping soon. Sonia is actually putting together a tech team to help with tech. So if other folks want to uh, um, make sure uh, to help out as well, that would be fantastic. And I see so many wild applause in the chat. Welcome, yay, welcome. There's a particular note that we're really lucky to have such a great drummer joining Wes so that we honor your worth fully outside of your drumming capacity, Ben. Um, welcome to your whole family. We're so excited to have you join us. I want to take a moment to thank all the people who have come together to create this morning's time together, our tech hosts, our speaker, our musicians. Thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. Today at 1 p.m., Amanda is hosting a path to membership meeting. If you haven't yet RSVP'd and want to attend, it is not too late. You still can. You can see the link in the calendar on the West website to join. Also, there are two adult check-ins this week on Monday and Friday, both at 5.30. And right after platform, please join us for a Zoom coffee hour. You can get to meet members from other ethical societies all around the country. I invite you now to sing along at home to our closing song.
Understand, we all need somebody to be. 